Hi there. Welcome to listeners from across the globe. My name is Allison Nune, and this is Best Damn Reality, a new podcast intending to help bridge the spiritual and material worlds. Each week, I invite you to join me and to suspend all preconceived notions, to open your minds and your hearts to seeing everything from a much faster perspective. Should you be enticed enough, please also consider visiting me on my YouTube channel and on my business Facebook page, both under the name Allison Nune. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the journey. Monday, November 30th, 2020. The time is 3.51 p.m. in Sarasota, Florida. The title of this recording will be determined uh, after I listen to it and after I decide whether or not it will be included as the next episode of my podcast, Best Damn Reality. The intention is, in fact, for it to be episode 17. One of the greatest aspects, I would say, of my work in general, least of all being the podcast right now, is the sort of capturing and honoring of the now moment and really intending to balance the power of the now moment with further and further explanation and depiction of a real life example of using my life of how it is the future comes from the now moment. How what and and what you give your attention to and how you focus your energy in the now moment, how much power we have to create our future in that linear idea of time. So very much trying to capture the energy of the right now moment with this recording. And I was drawn on three very specific levels on why I wanted to try to get something right now today. The first being that this represents November 30th is the eight-year anniversary of the official launching of my little company of me. Now, it became legal in the state of Florida on January 1st, 2013, but I very consciously chose November 30th as my official launch date, and it was marked by the release of my very first blog, written blog post, my little company of me, which is very hard to describe succinctly. I would say it's damn near impossible to describe what it is with words alone. I just have to keep living it. But essentially, it is me trying to manifest a lifelong vision and to do so within the third dimension by creating work of value in that third dimension, which then allows me to somewhat, the dream is for me to be able to get paid 
for certain aspects of this work simply because the third dimension still requires us to utilize and to exchange the resource we all know as money. We still have to earn money and pay our bills and pay for our existence with money. Money is not something that motivates and inspires me. It's one of the sort of arbitrary concepts of the third dimension that has limited me up until my awakening and post-awakening, I have had to work very hard to restructure my belief patterns around this thing we call money. And one of the practicalities that cannot be ignored is that at present right now, we still need to earn it. But my dream is to earn it doing work in the world that I call the work of my soul. Work that I want to be doing. Work that I feel I am good at. And in a higher perspective, from a higher perspective, I am speaking to and want to be dedicating every moment of this life, the rest of this life, to being a co-creator of the new earth, for lack of a better way of calling it, for where we're going, co-creating a world based in abundance, thriving, love, and cooperation, as opposed to a world of lack, fear, manipulation, and control. You know, it very, very different than the world that I had been trying to fit into unsuccessfully up until my awakening at 35 years old. So my launching of my little company of me was the launching of this lifelong vision. And I started it with the skill set that I knew I could contribute to the world that I felt and believed I could contribute to the world right then in that moment when I decided I was going to go after this dream eight years ago. And those top two skill sets were my ability to write and my ability to speak. And we look, look around all over. We see examples in various ways where people make their livings by speaking and writing. And I am creating from scratch my unique way of speaking and writing. It's not really my unique way. It's really the unique combination, the unique topics about which I'm writing and speaking. And in short, if you've been following the podcast at all, you know that at the most general highest level, it is the merging, it is the bridging of the physical world to the spiritual world. It is speaking to the massive global awakening taking place right now. The shift in consciousness that all of us, regardless if you want to believe this on a conscious level or not, on a deep subconscious soul level, all almost 8 billion souls on this planet chose to be in form, in human form at this time for much, much bigger, vaster reasons, deeper reasons than simply feeding our basic needs of putting a roof over our heads and eating and drinking food 
We are here for deeper reasons. We are here to earn more than a paycheck. We are here to remember what it is our unique soul came here at these powerfully shifting times to be and do. So that in a nutshell was the vision is the vision and my launching of my company started with a written blog post on November 30th, eight years ago today. Why November 30th? Quite simply because that date represented, I'm really big on dates and numerology and meaning. I mean, I see meaning everywhere. I have for this entire life, even before my awakening. And one of the ways that I know I mark those signs from the universe and these deeper meanings and connections is through dates and numbers. And November 30th represented for me in this life, two very powerful, um, experiences with two different men from my past. One experience took place in 1993, November 30th, which would have been my senior year of high school. And one took place on November 30th, 2010, just less than two weeks after my, what I call my point of no return, spiritual awakening that took place on November 18th. And yes, something very specific took place on November 18th, 2010, that caused me to finally sort of break through and know without a doubt that there was no going backwards. From this point forward, I was definitely fully, fully conscious and fully dedicated to following this greater calling. And just 12 days after that, experience on that day, I had another very powerful thing take place in my life with another man from my past. Um, and that is why in no small way I chose November 30th as my launching of this vision. Because again, I believe in everything has sort of an energy, everything has an energy mark. And I like to consciously connect energies in all these sorts of ways. And one of the ways that I did that was to connect these two men, hugely part of my past and as such, hugely part of the woman that I am today. Neither one has been part of my present day life, day-to-day life for years. In one case, one hasn't been part of my life for decades. The other hasn't been part of my my daily life in, in, in just as long, but we actually separated almost a year ago from contact at all, any contact. Not my choice, his choice. But I connected their energies and their positive, powerful influence on my life to the, the work of my life by honoring them by launching it all on November 30th. So acknowledging that anniversary today is one of the reasons, one of three, that I felt compelled to do a recording. The other two are very focused on what represents my life today. One in a very specific, very hyper-focused, specific to Allison's life way. And 
One that is a more general speaking to of the mass, massive, massive things taking place in our country and across our planet right now. And being called to finally, I've been putting this off for weeks, if not months, to try to attempt to speak to all these different narratives that are taking place out in the world. And if I had to isolate it, I would do so by just generally isolating it from the mainstream narrative to (laughs) the greater truth that has been revealed, is being revealed, has been there for the looking at, for the examining, for the witnessing in many ways for multiple decades. But everybody wakes up to these greater truths, to the veil of the illusion being removed at their own pace. Many may never wake up consciously, but there are many souls awakening more and more as each day passes, as we all continue to live through this very distinctly powerful times. All designated most right now by COVID, but I would say that the American election has sort of usurped COVID, but it's all, you can't separate any of this. It's all connected. And I'm not even quite sure how I'm going to attempt to speak. I I think I just have to talk and you either follow it or you don't, you either interested or you're not. But what, what really prompted this was I am, I have been following this young guy from South Africa now for probably three months. His name is Jesse Perez Casanova. He's going to be 29 years old next week on December 6th, which happens to be my youngest brother's birthday. And for me, there are no coincidences or accidents. I think that is a tremendous synchronicity that I just learned of yesterday, that this young guy's birthday is next week on the 6th. He's going to be 29. So he is a young guy. He's South African. And he started this organization called Earth United. Now, without going into the details of his organization, suffice to say, I find that my energy is very aligned to this young man's. I, his passion reminds me of my own, his, his just clear maturity well beyond his years. He's obviously been very, made very aware at a younger, far younger than I was to the illusion of the, of reality. Um, you know, this guy is, I just, I think the work he is doing is fantastic. I hope to connect to him directly soon, but in short, I've been following him for a few months now. I'm part of his sort of mailing and distribution list for Earth United. And I'm also part of his Patreon page. For those that are listening that aren't familiar, Patreon is one of many sort of, um, what do we call it? A a, a website. It's an opportunity for people to support others in a way, mostly by small fund donations. Um, And I have been supporting this family that creates a 13 moon calendar that I've been following for over a decade now, I've been giving them $10 a month now for years 
through Patreon. And I started to give to donate to Jesse's cause a couple of months ago, the same amount, $10 per month. And the impetus for me doing that was primarily because he was releasing only certain videos on his Patreon page. For caution of his own safety and comfort, because when you start diving in to revealing the veil and speaking to these things, you know, it's, there are real risks involved, um, energetically to say the least. And in some cases, those that are choosing to be bigger voices than others that are being called to be bigger voices to the unveiling of these greater truths, to the revealing of these greater truths, are in no small way putting their physical lives at risk. And so because of these, this reality, um, he started a Patreon and he releases certain videos only to Patreon members, only to people that are contributing. And you can contribute as little as a dollar a month to have access to these videos. So it's not, this isn't, this isn't, this is completely understandable to anybody who has put themselves out there in this way. And I might not be doing it in a similar way, in, in a, I'm not doing it with diving into these sorts of truths of the surface dimension, but by virtue of being willing to share my personal spiritual story, I have found, and I've learned it the hard way, that by being so open to share my own lessons and my own life has opened me up to a lot of, it took me a while to understand to what degree I was opening myself up to energies, to judgment, to criticism, to, you know, just within my own network, let alone the entire globe just within my own network by being, by revealing greater personal truths. And so I understand charging a nominal fee just to weed out some folks because this is not easy work to do. Discovering your own personal truth, which then cannot be separated from uniting with the greater truths because the greater truth is we are all connected. We all come from the same one source of energy if we were to go up the family tree as high as it goes, if you will, as a metaphor. So doing this individually and doing it on a grand scheme energetically is sort of the same thing. You're getting at truth. And it's, it's, a, it's hard work. And it's work that is almost guaranteed to be misunderstood even by those who are on the same spiritual journey, even by those who are discovering truth in their own ways. It is, it is challenging because it's so vastly different than the way we've been conditioned for eons. And those patterns are what we're breaking individually and collectively, which means there is a ton of room for misunderstanding and misinterpretation. Therefore, once you get on this journey for a bit, you quickly learn, some of us more than others, some of us slower than others, learn the discernment on what to share, with whom to share, when to share it. And even when you try to use your greatest discernment, rest assured, it's a continual lesson learning process. 
So that's all to say that I understand why he charges a nominal fee. I plan to do something very similar in the future, even with my own personal story, just to weed out the bullshit. I don't want, I'm not, I'm not looking to debate anybody. I'm not looking to convince anybody. I'm not looking to attack anybody or be attacked. I'm simply learning, looking to be as authentic and real and deep, soul deep as possible in my words and in my actions for real. And I have no judgment for those who want to keep playing the regular game, no judgment whatsoever, but I know the crowd I'm looking to play with, if you will. So Jesse today, or actually it was released yesterday or the day before, the sixth video interview, and actually it's just his face that we see and we hear the woman with whom he's had these interviews, her voice is actually being disguised for her safety. And Jesse describes this woman that they call, that they call her V, they simply call her V, as a white hat top military official. This woman is in extremely bright. She is extremely high level, focused. Her whole career has been focused in communications primarily. And she is a white hat. At least that is how she portrays herself. That is certainly Jesse's read on her. And as I've now listened to all six three-hour-plus interviews, I'm choosing to believe she is, in fact, a white hat, a quote-unquote good, on the good side. If you've got any desire to choose sides still or need to choose sides, this is no longer about red versus blue. This is truly a time where good and evil are being revealed. And it is extremely challenging, especially for those that have been primarily following mainstream media as their primary source of information. Those folks are going to have the hardest time discerning what is really truth and what is not. As it almost seems, it's just some of the stuff being revealed is just off the charts, incredible, even for somebody like me who's been wide open to this. I've been wide open to it my entire life. I've been wholly aware of it now for eight years. I've been on the periphery aware since 2001 because when 9-11 happened, that is when I first started going down the rabbit hole. And I, my, my view of reality and the illusion, if you will, you know, was blown out of the water as I dove into the rabbit hole following 9-11 because 9-11 didn't make sense. The reaction to it, the Patriot Act, certain things about 9-11 did not add up from moment one for me. And that is when I started to break away from the mainstream narrative. And right now, the mainstream narrative is very, 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 very different than the multiple, the plethora of alternative narratives that are 
all over the place and out there and accessible for anybody that wants to just turn off the TV and start doing your own research. Start listening to these folks that aren't being paid millions of dollars to tell you something, that don't have inherent conflicts of interest, that aren't part of a system that has long been corrupted and has provided us ample information and examples and evidence of how corrupted our systems have become. Journalism lost its integrity a long time ago and became entertainment more than information a long time ago. Now, I'm not saying every single journalist is bad or is corrupted, but many don't even know what, where their place is in the greater scheme of things. So what I'm trying to do today is one, even shed light that there are multiple narratives because most people that follow the mainstream narrative don't even, they don't, they're not even open to believing that there is another side of the coin as evidenced by the massive difference of opinion as it pertains to let's just use mask wearing as the most salient sort of uh, indicator in our present day world. Clearly, those that are wearing masks are listening to the mainstream and believing it. I'm not judging that. If that's where you're getting your information, it is completely understandable why you're afraid. But as somebody who is getting their information from multiple sources from all over the world, none of which are mainstream, that includes doctors, that includes lawyers, that includes people from all wakes of life. And as I listen to them, due to the fact that I've been on this spiritual path now, full time, if you will, for 10 years, and as a part of that, you hone in on your heart and your heart guides you to love and love is the greater truth. Well, I mean, the greater truth is revealing dark as well, but it's your heart, not your mind that guides you to who is representing themselves and telling the truth and who is not. And that still, even with all of that training, if you will, 10 years of training, by no means do I know for certain, for example, that this V woman is in fact a white hat and on the good side. But it feels to me that she is. And the information that she reveals and her way of speaking of it, it just blows my mind. And in today's, well, I listened to episode six. I finished it. I started it last night and I just finished it less than an hour ago. And there were specific, there were two specific things revealed that blew me away. Mostly because of the personal relevance to my own story. And in this case, it was talking about some events that had happened on November 22nd in different years. November 22nd. And I'll come back to that in a second. Let me quickly just mention, because I'm not going to go into detail on that third aspect. So I said the first aspect of me wanting to record today 
was simply acknowledging and capturing the energy on the eight-year anniversary of the official launch of my company, which really, it, it just is, it represented me fully dedicating the rest of this life to my soul, my soul's purpose, to my spiritual work on this planet. Two, I wanted to acknowledge this present day moment on this very general level by speaking to the multiple narratives, both in the mainstream and in the alternative world of news and information. And three, I just wanted to drop a little, just a little explanation of the very specific nature of my present day journey that got triggered today as it pertains to my continual work on bringing my vessel, my life, my energy into unprecedented balance. Balance is a still relatively new thing for the character of Allison. The character of Allison, like many type A overachievers, was designated and could be described most by being extremely imbalanced, all or nothing, very imbalanced for the vast majority of this life, not really having any conscious awareness of why or how I had myself in such a teeter-totter way, all or nothing, up or down, completely unfamiliar with what it even felt like to be a balanced human being, to be balanced in my mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health. This is still very new. I still have a very long way to go, and it's not like there's ever going to be any sort of finish line that I reach. It will be an ongoing journey and aspect of this work to keep and maintain that balance because as your life continues to evolve and change, you will always have to bring your life into balance. And as such, I, I just, oh my gosh, I, I just don't have words for the, the continued growth and expansion and the awareness of this that is happening in my life at this moment. And it's being most mirrored back to me through my relationship with my primary mode of work now, which is the organic farm of which I've been a part in some way, shape, or form since 2008. I did not plan on ever, in fact, quite the opposite. Just over a year ago, I quit the farm and I really wasn't intending to work there again. I love what it stands for. I will always support it by its business and, and, and shop there because it's a place unlike anything in town without doubt. But as an employee, as a worker, it was very, very challenging and continues to be challenging for me. I'm not going to go off in those details right now. But to suffice to say that part of my effort to bring my life into balance was acknowledging because at the time I had another option. I was choosing to dedicate my full work life and 2020 was going to be a very big shift for me in this regard. And I was going to do only events as my paid work for others. 
and all my events take me out of town. So my entire work life was going to be out of town. And then when I was back in town in Sarasota, I was going to be fully dedicated to the work of my soul, which is not yet paying me in an effort to try to get it to a place where it can start paying me because the work of my soul doesn't feel like work. The work that I am doing still to earn money, not only does it feel like work, but it feels like twice the amount of work because it's just, because it's not of my soul, meaning I'm not consciously engaged with the others with whom I'm working. That's sort of my primary delineating description of what feels like the work of my soul versus the work for others, work for pay. If I'm consciously doing work with others, that's a totally different, totally different work experience than just working to pay bills and to earn a paycheck and to be a rat on that wheel spinning. And even though the farm represents huge spiritual components, even though the farm is not at all guided by the 3D paradigm, it is clearly guided by something beyond that, we still have to exist as a business in the 3D paradigm. And that combination is very challenging to live spiritually, but to exist and have to do it through a much more limited money-based, material-based paradigm. And so the farm is mirroring back to me this amazing, amazing new levels of how I'm dancing between these dimensions, between the spiritual world and the physical world. And then my role at the farm, which is essentially the business manager, is, I mean, again, I don't want to go off any more than that. I just want to highlight and point out that part of my adjustment, we all had massive adjustments to make for 2020. Part of my real world in the moment adjustment back in March was accepting almost immediately. I knew immediately when this all happened and the magnitude of what was taking place, the fact that it was global, the fact that the entire global economy was being shut down, I knew immediately this was big. This was spiritual big. And I knew, and and because of that, I wrote off events, my event schedule, which was jam-packed booked because I had given up the farm as a secondary income, and I was going all in for my paid income in the race world. Well, the race world and the event world has been cut off this year, as we know. Pretty much anything fun and enjoyable has been cut off. And so when the opportunity, the farm needed help, when the opportunity came to join back the workforce at the farm, how could I say no? Of course I was going to say yes. Not only did I need a job, but they needed me. And it's here in town. That was a no-brainer. But boy, oh boy, has that been a journey. Because when I left on the Equinox last fall, I left as an employee, truly believing I was not going to return there again as an employee. And now here I am back there. And I know without doubt that a 
enormous part of my soul's mission is to be at that farm in this now moment. There's no doubt in my mind. And the more that I embrace that without fully understanding what the hell that means, I don't really know exactly why, but everything is beyond the surface right now. Most of it as such is to be revealed, has not been revealed yet. And it's almost like you got to believe it before you can see it. I have to believe for real and fully accept it and stop resisting it that my soul is intended to be there right now. And as I fully embrace that from this wholly new place, during this wholly unique time, big shit is happening that I just don't have words for and I'm not able to explain it. And at the most general level, it absolutely involves balance. And especially because it is in town. So here I am trying to juggle my role at the farm that isn't fully consciously participating with the other people with whom I work. I'm not saying that they're not all awake at various degrees. They are. But there's nobody there that I'm able to have the conversation that I'm having with myself right now. Nobody at the farm, which is still wholly ironic to me. And again, I'll try. I'm going to refrain from going further off on that tangent. I just want to capture that, a little bit of that fact, because today, after another very hard weekend, I'm working full time there and I don't need to be and I don't really want to be. But as I continue to do what needs to be done, And try to find that balance. And I have as my goal to getting myself back down closer to 25 hours rather than 40, 45 hours. I am just reminded. I was reminded in this huge way yet again today as I'm on pace already for another full-time week. Because of the need. Not because of the need on the farm's side. Not my need for money and not my desire For the hours there. And that's all I'm going to say about that just to mark that. And I want to finish because I'm going to try to keep this within an hour. So that means I've got a little over 20 minutes to try to talk to the specific things that were revealed in this video six with Jesse, the South African guy, interviewing V, the top military white hat inside information person, if you will. And what really got triggered was the fact that she pointed out some things pertaining to November 22nd and just how they're relating to what's going on specific to the election fraud that's being revealed right now. And come on, folks, again, I guess, I guess there are plenty of people out there for whom that won't resonate as truth. But the election was fraudulent. The elections have been fraudulent for many, many, many years. And not just in this country, but across the globe. I first became aware of that or believed that. And then in in my further research, discovered it as as such back in the Bush-Gore. When George Bush, that election was rigged. And the machines were Diebold machines. Diebold, Diebold, however you pronounce it. Diebold has now become Dominion. Dominion are the, is the company behind 
the biggest company behind the present day election fraud, fraudulent scheme that is being revealed legally right now. Now, I don't pay attention. I don't, I don't even pay that much attention to the alternative narratives, to be honest with you. This is all, I, I gave up my TV in 2008. I haven't paid attention to anything made mainstream since 2008. Best thing I ever did. The, the, the amount of media alternative for me that I've taken in since the COVID times have started this year has been, I have taken in more news outside of my own little world in the past nine months than I had taken in in the previous 10 plus years. And that is not an exaggeration. I had my hands full after my awakening, aligning to myself and getting myself on track, on track and getting to know who I am at my essence on my soul level. I didn't have the interest or the energy to deal with anything outside of myself. Plus, I understood that my outside world is a mirroring of my inside world. I didn't need to focus on the outside. I needed to get aligned on my inside. And I would argue that is what all of us need to be doing right now. Chances are we all need to be taking in a lot less of external information and doing a lot more of internal investigation, examination, discovery, analysis, processing, and then watch how your outside world changes. But with that said, when all of a sudden my entire livelihood was gone, I had no choice but to dive back into the world of information outside of me, which was not entirely comfortable. It still isn't entirely comfortable. But when I do tune in to information outside of me, you better believe it is not the mainstream media. The mainstream media I have said this multiple times. All the systems of our present day world have been long corrupted. Whether you're talking about our financial system, religious institutions, corporations, politicians, at the highest levels, all of these things have given us huge examples in recent years, showing us why they cannot be trusted. And as I used to say to my sixth graders, follow the money, follow the money and you will find the motive and you will inherently find the conflict of interest that exists with every area of leadership of these systems. So mainstream media narrative at a bare minimum in the best case scenario, you're not being told anywhere near the whole story as evident by the fact of what V revealed, what just took place on November 22nd, 2020. Again, the actual literal learning and hearing of that less than an hour ago is specifically what triggered me to, to capture a recording today. However unclear this all comes out, however jumbled this comes out, it is because she revealed something that took something huge. And I, and I won't be able to fully describe 
why it's huge, but the, the magnitude of what my heart felt, what my being felt of the fact that this is a very real factual piece of news that absolutely positively I know was not revealed in the mainstream. And I know this not from my own research because I don't watch the mainstream, but because all these alternative people who are dedicating their life more into diving into these, this information of the present day. Now, I do my own research very limitedly because I don't need to dive that much into it. I know how corrupt it is. I'm ready to go forward. I'm ready to focus on being that change from the different foundations of thriving, cooperation, love, you know, in abundance. I don't, I don't need any more proof. But this is a pretty big one. If I were to try to speak to loved ones and friends in my life, because like I said, very, 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 very few are seeing this greater reality in my own network like I am. In fact, I, I really think there's only one person, one person, my neighbor and dear soul sister friend, Kathy, is the only one that even remotely sees this greater picture in the same way. And so it is for people who are more mainstream aligned that this fact jolted me soul. So, and why I was called to try to even just point out if this isn't being revealed, how much more isn't being revealed in the mainstream media just to try to encourage us all to go within, feel the truth, get your information from multiple, multiple, as many different sources as you can learn how to Think for yourself instead of accepting your news being told to you by somebody on the television screen. And before I get into the specific November 22nd, 2020 thing that happened with regards to the U.S. getting out of a a very big treaty, the reason why is because November 22nd, as many of you may know, this past year, this 2020 is the 57-year anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And for me in this life, I have shared more in my YouTube channel than on the podcast. In fact, I don't think I've mentioned this in any way, shape, or form on my podcast. But in short, because of my dad's influence on my life, the Kennedys played a... I, I, I was a big... How do I say? My father was a big admirer of the Kennedys. And in sixth grade, my dad guided me. I had to do a huge, sorry, in eighth grade, I had to do a huge research report. And typical of my character, being the overachiever that I am, I chose to do it on the entire decade of the 60s. And that was due because of my dad's huge influence on me in exposing me primarily to the civil rights struggle. And I think it was because more than anything, because we were, I was born in Detroit. He was born and lived his whole life in Detroit until we moved out to the suburbs in 1984. We were born in a city. The 68 riots were, were like horrible. So my dad was a big, he, he was a child of the 60s. Um, and he was a big 
fan and admirer of Martin Luther King Jr., of Malcolm X, of John F. Kennedy, of Robert Kennedy, of all the leaders of that day. And his influence in sharing that information of those times with me inspired me to do my eighth grade research project on the whole decade of the 60s. And that is when I did, through that research project, all sorts of readings about JFK and Robert Kennedy. And I, too, became very inspired by them. So the, de- the anniversary, and again, remember me and dates and anniversaries, of course I knew that November 22nd was the anniversary of JFK's assassination. And I thought of my dad specifically because at the present moment, I do not have a positive dynamic with my father. My father is one of those folks of, of the many people in my life who absolutely positively hate Donald Trump, hate him. And while I am not a Trump supporter, I am not a red or blue person. I did not vote. I haven't voted in over a decade because I've said these systems are the problem. They need to collapse. I'm not giving my energy to systems that are clearly shown themselves to be corrupted. But see, people, even if you say anything positive about Donald Trump, all the anti-Trumps automatically think that you're pro-Trump. I'm not. But the narrative, there are many, many out there that hold the belief that Trump, and he's just a placeholder, but he's a big placeholder, that he is in fact a huge white hat bringing down the deep state, bringing down the cabal. And the moves that he has been making as president are evidence of this. And why would I not believe that narrative? I'm not holding my breath on it. I'm okay if it ends up not being true, but the Donald Trump being a good guy narrative is full of way more love frequency than the fear-based opposition story, if you will. The other story is nothing but fear, limitation, anger, hatred, and judgment. And it's wholly ironic because most of the people that are having those feelings claim to be proponents against those things. Yet the one person, you know what? I'm not going to go off on that tangent. I'm simply going to say that when Donald Trump became president, the fact that he was not a lifelong politician was a huge plus in my Allison perspective. If I had voted and it would have taken somebody putting a gun to my head and making me vote, back in 2016 and again in 2020, I would have voted for Donald Trump simply because he's not of the institution. He's not a lifelong politician. Politics was never supposed to be a career, ever. Our founding fathers never intended for it to be a career. And I learned that when I was studying for my subject area exam when I earned my master's degree to become a secondary social science education teacher. I taught, I taught social studies. I did not know that fact until 2006 that our founding fathers never intended politicians, politics to be a career because they were extremely visionary men. They could see the inherent conflict of interest as they went down the line. And sure as shit, that's exactly what has happened. That's why politics has been so corrupted for decades now. So the fact that Donald Trump was not of that institution was huge. But here are some other facts that I did not know. 
I did not know that Donald Trump was a lifelong Democrat until all of this began, all this recent politics and his run for presidency began. I did not know how closely he was extremely close friends with JFK Jr. I did not know that the primary reason JFK Sr. was assassinated was because he was trying to dismantle the CIA. That was the primary reason. I always thought the primary reason was because of his great efforts to give the, you know, to give civil rights, to give blacks equal rights. And I'm sure that played into it. But the primary reason, according to these new narratives that I have been following, and like I said, I can't, I don't know that any of us can claim what's exactly true. But according to those narratives, the primary reason that he was assassinated was because he was trying to dismantle the CIA. And he had a memo, a memo, memo 57, memo 57, of in, in effect, made the CIA in, in, inoperable. But he never got to put that memo into effect before he was assassinated. Well, part of what V was sharing was, in, pertain, was pertaining to this Memo 57, but it was also pertaining to a particular treaty that the United States just opted out of on November 22nd, 2020, 57 years, Memo 57, 57 years after JFK's assassination. And this treaty, 35 nations were part of this treaty, and it had to do, it was basically a spying treaty that multiple countries were agreeing and it was put into place right after 9-11, allowing for all of the spying to take place. And again, I'm not going to try to explain it in greater detail. I'm putting this out there and the name of the treaty was, gosh, did I write it down? The Open Skies Treaty. The Open Skies, S-K-I-E-S. Open Skies Treaty. Look this up on your own. I'm simply dropping these points here. Memo 57, JFK Sr., the Open Skies Treaty. It was enacted right after 9-11, and it basically allowed, it allowed for mutual, for spying on other countries by other countries, and the United States opted out of this just eight days ago, and it did not make news, the mainstream news. And China apparently was livid about this, but China wasn't even part of the treaty. So why in the world would China be upset about us opting out of a treaty that allowed this inter-country spying? And again, I know I'm not intending with these drop points of this specific thing here. I'm not intending for it all to make sense with you listening to this. Because I can't, I mean, I don't, like I said, it's more of an intuitive feeling. I don't need to dive that deep into all this stuff. I know that there has been nothing but nefarious evildoers in all the positions of power for a very, very long time. That, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. All it takes is for you to be willing and open and not afraid to see these greater truths. So I don't need to dive into it. 
I'm sharing it and it, and, I, and I know I'm sharing it because it's like, oh God, I wish I could reach out to my dad and say, dad, listen, I know you hate what's going on. I know you're not going to have an easy time understanding that Biden is not going to be president. Trump won the election by a landslide and they're going to prove that they are going to prove it. In fact, you know, the litigation is on two fronts regarding to the election. And this isn't just about, folks, this is so much more than red versus blue. This is, this is a global shift of all of our systems. And the first one, if you will, that's being really shown to everybody to try to wake people up is the election fraud. And yes, it's pertaining to the most recent U.S. election, but it's not at all limited to the United States. These, everything has been interconnected within global, globally for decades and decades now. And these evildoers, the small, small 1%, have been in control and have manipulate, been manipulating the masses in hugely negative ways. For decades, the deep state, the cabal, whatever you want to call them, and that is collapsing. And it would appear more and more true that Donald Trump in his position as U.S. president has been enacting and has been a big player in a plan that is decades old by the good guys, if you will. The good versus this, these evildoers. And they are, they've got a one Prove the fraud and they are working and they have ample proof that is going to be revealed. And then they've got to also create the circumstances where they can allow for that fraud to be prosecuted. So there are like two teams working out there right now. The team that's job is to prove the fraud that took place with the election and the other team is going to be working to prosecute those responsible for the fraud. And this is just one of many frauds that have been taking place on for eons. This is just the first of many that are going to be revealed. And it's going to be hard for people, especially people that have been most aligned with just getting their news from the mainstream. This is not a judgment. It's just a statement of fact. And I thought of my own family because I know what their opinions are. And I know how much my, my parents in particular, their blood boils with even the mention of Trump. So that they're not even open to even considering that he might be a good guy. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I could, this is an angle that I can take with my dad. He loved JFK. Oh, and by the way, I should also add that many with this narrative out there with Trump being the good guy and that JFK was originally assassinated because of his desire to dismantle the CIA, which was the deep state and the cabal, and that his son faked his death, that JFK Jr. isn't actually dead. And JFK Jr. being close friends with Trump, again, I'm not claiming that I know, I don't know if any of this is, is true or not, but I sure as hell know that that is a much better... That is a story that's taking us to a world much closer to the world that I want to live in than one of mask wearing, fearing, forced vaccinations, not allowed to live world. That is not a world I want to be part of. 
So I'm choosing when I give attention to give attention to the story that I feel is of the most love, is of the most freedom for the most. And that is the narrative that is saying Trump is just a position. He's just playing a role, albeit a very, very, very big role. And I just had this dream of somehow reaching my dad simply to be open to this. And by extension, anybody like my dad, of which there are tens of millions, tens of millions of people out there, their blood boils as soon as they hear Trump's name. They refuse. They have no space to even try to consider that there might be any positivity to this guy and to what he's been doing his entire time in office and why he's even there. He's playing a huge role according to this story. And part of it might, and JFK Jr. apparently vowed to avenge his father's death. And that played into part of why he faked his own death and is very much an active player in playing out this plan, if you will. And in the fact that it, he and Trump were very close friends when he was alive, it's like connect the dots. I mean, it's, not, it's a lot easier for me to believe that story than it is for me to believe that the bankers and politicians and big corporate people and, and big pharma and all have our best interest at heart. They don't. They've shown what they care about. Money, power, greed. So... I'm just going to conclude with that. Memo 57, Open Skies Treaty. The Open Skies Treaty was enacted in January of 2002, just months after 9-11 took place. In essence, it was involving 34, 35 countries and had to do with spying and keeping one another in check, right? And the United States... Donald Trump, as president of the United States, opted the United States out of that treaty as of November 22nd, 2020. China, not part of the, the treaty at all, extremely upset about this. And all of it is, it's a chess move. It's one of many chess moves, but it is a huge indicator in this case of one what the mainstream media is not telling you. So if they're not telling you this, what else are they not telling you? And two, stay tuned. Stay tuned. And I just, I just continue to encourage people, keep as open a mind as possible. And open as mind as possible. Believe that the good, and I have said before in a couple of previous podcast episodes, all of these multi multiple alternative sources of information, people that I've been listening to now since the COVID stuff started, all of them. And they, they come from different perspectives. They come similar but different. Similar but different, but yet all of them have said this. The light has won. The good has won. The, now, if you're looking on a scale arbitrarily, 51%, the majority has shifted. The majority energetically has shifted to the light and away from the dark. And if you're going to look at sides at all, it's good versus evil right now. And for a long time, I didn't even want to acknowledge that there was as much evil as there was. I knew about it, like I said, since 9-11 happened. That's when my little, 
you know, naivety was really began to blow open was after 9-11. And I didn't give it much thought. I gave it a lot of attention for two or three years and it made me miserable. It made me depressed. It made me angry. So I stopped watching it. I stopped paying attention to it. I knew enough. But these times have forced us all to get real again. Start seeing more of the picture and stop believing Certainly believing what's coming through on that TV, on that TV screen, go to individuals, go to multiple individuals, go to individuals from across the globe, go to individuals who don't have any motive to lie to you or provide you with false information. Does it mean that all these individuals are giving you the truth? Of course not, because unless you're in the room making these decisions and experiencing these things directly, None of us really know what all the whole truth is. But we have to start thinking for ourselves. We have to start taking ownership and being accountable for how reality comes into fruition and stop being told what reality is and understand that we collectively make our reality. So I'm going to conclude there. No idea. You know, if this will make sense to hardly anybody. But as I've said before, I'm just doing what I'm being called to do. And I know I have to keep recording. I have to keep capturing these recordings, ideally at least once a week. And today felt really, really important for the three reasons that I have already stated. If you've managed to listen all the way through, I thank you so very much. And um, I really, really continue, as challenging as it is at certain days and certain times, to maintain the positive, hopeful outlook. Oh, my God. There's just no doubt that such great times lie ahead. Finally, the opportunity, real opportunity for the masses to be able to enjoy thriving rather than barely surviving a love-based world as opposed to a fear-based world, a cooperation-based world instead of a competition-based world, and a world based in abundance, as opposed to lack. That is the reality that I am working to co-create and to live every day. And I continue to be very excited and very ready when I find and stumble upon other members of my soul family with whom I get to act this out for the remainder of this life. Until then, I wish everybody peace and love. Thanks. Talk to you again soon.